0: Hello and welcome to the Richard Hunter interview. As ever, this is a place where I'll be discussing matters of interest with a whole range of investment experts. In this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Matthias Siller, co-manager of the Bearings Emerging EMEA Opportunities Investment Trust. Matthias is head of the EMEA Equities Team and co-manager of the Bearings Eastern Europe Equity Strategy and the Baring. Emerging EMEA Opportunity Strategy. He began his career in fund management in 1997 at Rafesin Central Bank Austria as a market maker and proprietary trader in Central and Eastern European equities and derivatives. Prior to joining the firm in 2006, he was a portfolio manager for Central and Eastern European equities at Rafesin Capital Management. Before that, he was an EMEA equity portfolio manager at Barwag PSK Invest. Matthias is a member of the CFA Institute and holds a master's degree from Vienna University in Economics and Business Administration. Now, when we last spoke in April 2020, the trust was entitled Bearings Emerging Europe. It is now the Behrings Emerging EMEA Opportunities Trust. Could you explain to us what has changed?
1: Yeah, certainly. I think this was a very important change that we made. Um, I call it an evolution where we uh, focused, um, um, started to use uh, our, fo- shifted our focus away from only emerging Europe to the broader area. And that's um, that's the emerging markets of Europe, the Middle East and Africa, uh, thereby, you know, leveraging the talent and um, expertise we uh, have at Barings. So um, it came very natural to us. Um, and uh, ultimately, the aim is to uh, make our shareholders benefit from a larger scope of stock picking opportunities in a region that I, that I, that I and that we believe to be a very exciting one uh, over, for the next couple of years. Um, that's that's the idea behind it.
0: Sure. So are, are the objectives and the, and the strategy the same And perhaps you could remind us what those are for the trust?
1: They haven't changed and they are um, very straightforward and easy to understand. We focus on growth at a reasonable price and we do believe that there are um, a large number of stock picks and an exciting backdrop to actually live and um, um and find this uh, stock uh, picking opportunities in what is a broader scope um, of geographies and therefore a better diversification. So, the objectives haven't changed. The objectives is to pick interesting stocks in what we think is an you know under researched portion of the world. It's not really in the um, focus of emerging of European investors. It's also not you know it's also rather a sideshow from the perspective of global emerging markets. So you get a relatively under-researched, but highly, but very exciting uh, region um, where you can actually live a process that's uh, uh, based on stock picking and finding opportunities in the growth at a reasonable price space. Um, All of that also doesn't hinge on one or two um, economies anymore. It has a wider spread in terms of geography. It's all one large time zone if you want the time zone you know we are in um, but it's much better spread uh, 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 across this time zone and we believe this will eventually lead to a better sharp ratio i.e you know a better relationship of returns and the underlying volatility
0: so with, with that in mind what, what are the sector and indeed geographical weightings of the trust?
1: They are now much more they are much more balanced as they used to be and, and you know it is um, if st- if I may start with sectors Richard uh, we focus we very much focus on consumer related sectors but uh, but you know have a, a uh, as a as a as a second lineup if you want uh, an export uh, focus too so um, I think this is the best of both worlds right um, so we are focusing we do see a lot of development exciting developments in the consumer space. Um, Be that offline old school, if you want, or really kind of leapfrogging um, technologies and, you know, talk and and, uh, digitalization, you you name it, right? Across kind of all life cycles, we do see an interesting opportunity in the consumer related sectors. And at the same time, we believe that there are companies that will benefit um, from this core export strength that, uh, you know, can be seen in certain um, sectors such as metals and mining, but also manufacturing. So this is this is um, you know where you would find uh, a large part of our exposure. If you then kind of sum it up and you know give it a proper name, that would be consumer discretionary, consumer staples, e-commerce, internet, um, and of course financials. That would be that would be um, the, the mainstay of our portfolio. Uh, I want to say in terms of uh, sectors, and that would be, uh, then that would then be backed up by metals and mining um, plus um, energy uh, to a certain degree, much smaller than before. Energy, I want to highlight here. Uh, and lastly uh, a good portion of uh, utility related infrastructure assets that kind of round picture and hopefully provide our shareholders with a with with what we is going to be um, a well diversified uh, approach to what I find is an exciting stock picking backdrop
0: okay and in terms of uh, geographical weightings
1: it's a bit it's a bit along the same line uh, in terms of geography we kind of didn't feel that this um, substantial weighting of Russia, which used to be the case um, when we talked the last time, you know, is certain is something you know that would really live up to uh, well you know to a regional and diversified, to regional mandate and to a diversified approach you know we do like the opportunities that we find in russia but political risk is a reality um in in in, um, in, in the world that we're living in therefore you know will you will be very happy to report that um, the overall geographical exposure has also become much more diversified and now centers around um, the middle east south africa emerging europe a bit of Mediterranean exposure plus Russia. So it is um, you now, I think, a much broader and much more exciting uh, lineup uh, compared to, to our last conversation.
0: Sure. And uh, to put some colouring on, onto that, could you talk us through perhaps a couple of your top holdings or positions at, at the present moment?
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I think I, you know, in the you know kind of um, echoing right the, the expertise that we have and the the the, the makeup that I've highlighted um, to you before. I want to start with um, one particular uh, stock pick that we currently see in Russia. Right. So this is kind of um, me linking up to, to the recent uh, past and to our latest interview, and that's Gazprom. Gazprom used to be, Gazprom is the largest hydrocarbon ex, uh, hydrocarbon producer. In the world, it's not the largest oil producer. It's the largest hydrocarbon producer in the world. Um, and the fact that it's not an that it's not the largest uh, oil producer is a big advantage because those hydrocarbons I'm referring to, those molecules that I'm referring to, are, are essentially gas. And we do see that the market is actually picking up a much more um, uh, it's pick, it's pick, the market is quickly picking up. Um, an understanding uh, that the future of gas is going to be uh, decisively different uh, than, um, than 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 oil, and that um, the idea that uh, gas might well serve as um, a bridge fuel between um, the, uh, our ambition to our global ambition to wean us off the dependency on hydrocarbons, especially coal. With regards to electricity generation and with and um, oil with regards to transport fuels, um, could actually usher in you know a golden area of uh, for for gas um, that uh, benefits from the fact that gas can actually uh, be a substitute a low cost substitute um, and when I say cost I also refer to CO2 costs therefore a greener and low cost substitute for more environmentally damaging Um, hydrocarbons such as coal or oil. Um, and therefore we do believe that, um, you know, Gazprom's current situation is, um, uh, one that allows the company to benefit from the trends that I just highlighted. Plus, this is coupled uh, with uh, a major change, a sea change, I would even say, at the company where we do see that um, the ESG-related issues around environmental, but also around corporate governance are being tackled. Um, and we see a substantial improvement on that front and an understanding of the major shareholder, which is the Russian Federation, um, that it's in the interest of everyone, of all stakeholders to see Gazprom develop uh, along the lines that I just highlighted. So if you kind of net it up, sum it up, uh, you'll come up, uh, you'll you'll get, you know, an interesting investment proposition. That's why Gazprom is currently uh, our largest holding. You know, what I just said will be underscored to what I believe is going to be an interest and dividend yield of between 12 and 14% at the current share price from 2021 Earnings to be paid out in June uh, 2022. Uh, the second um, company that I wanted to highlight is MTN from South Africa. It's the largest uh, mobile phone operator. Um, here, you know, we see an uh, interesting, an interesting uh, situation uh, evolving that has to do with uh, the, in, the with the with I think very shrewd investments of the company in the past um, in um, not only into mobile phone infrastructure. But also into um, uh, mobile mobile payment solutions, um, and um, the, you know both investments are kind of were overlooked by the market for quite some time. But you know coming come into fruition um, as we speak, uh, and that will allow uh, we think the company to uh, reap those benefits, see very attractive return on invested capital on those um, rather rather large um, propositions. Right, these are not sideshows for the overall MPN When I talk about the infrastructure, when I talk about um, uh, african mobile payment solutions these are certainly not sideshows these are decent um, um these are com- these are um uh, these are business lines that are of substantial size and do influence the overall valuation of the company profoundly and we you know we are quite um quite positive here. um, um even, even even though the company has the stock has uh, performed quite quite nicely over the years so far uh, we do see more potential here and we do think that um, the upcoming listings, potential spin offs, and IPOs of the business lines that I just highlighted will provide um, um, the market with more information about the underlying uh, value that we see in those businesses, and that should drive the stock higher from our perspective.
0: And obviously, we, we've been through a, a pretty extraordinary eighteen months or so, pretty much since uh, the last time we spoke. Actually, um, how has the trust coped with that extraordinary environment?
1: See, it's, it's a very good point that you highlighted, Richard. I think this was certainly like a test, um, you know, for for everyone, but certainly also for um, you know what used to be bearing emerging Europe PLC and is now bearing EME opportunities PLC. Um, um, I think we I think we stood the test really well. Um, um, I think it has also paid um, kind of we, what we eventually found out is that our drive, the evolution that I've highlighted into a more diversified approach, um, certainly paid off too. Right, we already um, saw um, during those times that you know there's a dividend to be reached from a pro to to be. Um, um um you know, there's a dividend for investors for you know if i may say in, uh, from a, from um, in terms to in terms of how to benefit from a from a broader diversification so that allowed us to you know keep a cool head and um and make astute investments when the market was quite panicky right so um, I think the main takeaway from me is that we got the first-hand experience of the benefits of a broader diversification, um, and I think we uh, also, um, you know, kind of lived up to the expectations insofar as you know we use that um, to invest uh, um, quite thoroughly without um, kind of without being um, without feeling that we are not uh, well enough diversified. So that's certainly I think a very positive takeaway from this underlying. Increasing diversification that um, bearing emerging EMEA opportunities did achieve.
0: Okay, and, and uh, I suspect diversification may come up, come up again here in in the final question. Obviously, on on the plus side, we've had markets supported by extraordinary monetary and indeed fiscal stimulus. On the other side, there's questions about valuations and and indeed inflation. So, uh, from your perspective, Matthias, um, what what is your outlook from here, and and how are you positioned?
1: Yes, I do see this. I do see these issues as the same as you do. Right? Markets are expensive and um, fired up by 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 global, um, let's say, intervention um, on on from the perspective of uh, from the side of central banks. Um, I really want to appeal to our listeners um, that uh, EMEA could stand out in a situation like that. Uh, in a way, it's a very orthodox approach that you know a lot of a lot of those markets are subject to. Uh, the Russian central bank, for example, is. Um, one, you know, is, is one of the most orthodox uh, in the world, right? So, in, in with regards to monetary policy, I think we, we can say that EMEA is um, as a whole, right, finds itself on um, on on a much more um, on, on on a much less um, on a profoundly less frothy. Uh, standpoint. It's also a lot of. It's also, mind you, from the European perspective, for example, it's also offering a lot of sovereignty from the monetary perspective, i.e., independent, not central, not not European Central Bank advocated, but independent central bank, independent currencies. Um, that's one thing. Secondly, um, those markets are really cheap, right? Um, so I mean, this is uh, valuation is or has has become. Um, I would almost say almost a bad word, right? Um, when you when you kind of argue um, that there's a lot of value um, in a, a stock or in a particular market, but I I don't think this should be the case, right? This value that I'm referring to, this value that I'm referring to is not based on sunset industries. The value that I'm highlighting is actually based on a as you know you properly forecasted a diversified geog- geog- geographic and a diversified sector wise approach. That allows to marriage uh, to marry, I believe, um, um, growth potential without having to compromise on valuation, and um, you know the best indicator from my perspective is a proper. And solid dividend yield, which we are generating for our shareholders, uh, and this is not, and this dividend is actually rising over time. So, you know, that's indicative of the underlying growth potential that I highlighted to you. So, it's an attractive valuation um, that allows uh, investors to benefit from a strong dividend yield uh, at the current share price. Uh, we this is between three and four percent, and we see it rising. This is a dividend per share that is going to go up. In the future, um, and uh, that's indicative of the growth objectives um, that we follow and that we are going to see coming through. So it's a growing portfolio that underpins this um, dividends, both in terms of revenues and in operating earnings. Um, and that makes me very positive that, uh, in a backdrop that you just highlighted of, you know, very high global valuations in equity markets, and you know, and a kind of an idea that there is no alternative, right? Um, um, and uh, um, that uh, this might well be, right, a couple of years, two or three years where EMEA investments and bearing emerging EMEA opportunities could really shine. And, you know, me and my team, um, we are going to, you know, make our best to benefit from, the, from this kind of setup uh, for our shareholders
0: fascinating thoughts. Unfortunately, that's uh, all we've got time for. So many thanks again for your time, Matthias, and uh, for th- those valuable insights. That was Matthias Silico, manager of the Bearings Emerging EMEA Opportunities Investment Trust. And thank you for listening. Please feel free to like and subscribe. And of course, you can find much more, by the way, of investment insight and ideas at ii.co.uk. I'll be back next Tuesday with another Richard Hunter interview. Bye for now.